This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. and hang out with us here on Kelly and Ramia as we take you through two hours of programming. Many conversations of all of our interests are to come in a variety of the sorts as well. Starting with, right now, our Ask a Vet conversation with Dr. Danielle Johnkind. Whether they provide us with companionship and income, food, or serve a critical role in the ecosystems that support us, animals are vital to human health. Have fun with us as we learn about animal-related topics and about the amazing bond we share with our animal friends. Danielle, we're talking about our pets, their personalities, and, and their physical traits today. So if you have pets, you know that they often have very big personalities. And like us, they are. Yeah, they are. And they're very individual. Some of them even have quirky physical traits, like extra toes that only add to that uniqueness. And we want to talk about some of these traits and also, on a more serious note, if they can be harmful for our pets. Uh, Mm. And these come in context like adopting pets and other ways. So that's what we're going to talk about with you today, Danielle. Are the traits that we're talking about today things that randomly pop up in the pet population? Oh, well, some of them are, you know, but a lot of them are potentially related to the effects that domestication and human intervention have had on pets. So, of course, you know, we humans, we love novelty. And when something shows up on the extreme end of a spectrum, we're sometimes a bit like kids in a candy store, you know, we got to have it, right? So um, when you look at things like how popular and big, like, for example, the grumpy cat phenomenon became, you know, you you get the idea of what I'm trying to stay here. I mean, they're <laughs> countless memes, posters, t-shirts, and other grumpy cat merchandise out there, all because this kitty was born with features that resemble a grumpy human facial expression, right? Mm. And, you know, breeds of dogs and cats um, may have begun in much the same way, you know. Um, We wanted to pass certain traits down to the next generations reliably, so humans orchestrated these animal pairings to make that happen. And, of course, sometimes those traits were selected on function, you know. For example, maybe like breeding terrier smaller so they could hunt rats or instilling herding instincts into the herding breeds. Um, Sometimes they were based on more extreme characteristics, though, like we see in like the toy breeds and giant breed dogs, for example. And, you know, sometimes we have these quirky physical characteristics in our pets that have benefits and others that, you know, can potentially cause problems. And of course, there are some that don't affect our pets much one way or the other, but they just kind of make them cuter and that much more endearing. (laughs) (laughs) So awesome, though. And it's so I I love that. And I know some people will say, oh, cats have more of those personalities, dogs. It's it's an interesting discussion, an interesting debate that I love um, hearing people have. Okay, let's dive into the list that you have for us. Okay, so maybe we'll start with some of the quirky and more benign ones. So on to the first. Mm. Um, I, I used to work in an area where there was a high population of feral cats with extra toes. And, oh. you know, as a result, you know, a lot of the kittens and cats I would see would come in with these extra toes and most commonly on their front feet. Um, some had one or two extra toes on each foot, but I remember seeing a few who had even more than that, you know, almost to the point of doubling their foot size. And of wow. course, the medic, yeah, the, 
The medical term for having extra toes is called polydactyly. Um, and I have to say that out of all the quirky anatomy I sometimes see, polydactyly is my favorite. I mean, these are some seriously cute paws we're talking about here. You know, these, these kitties, they have these huge big mitts. And, you know, for somebody like me who thinks that toe pads are the sweetest things nature ever made for a foot, you know, a, a polydactyly kitty might just turn out to be the highlight of of my day. <laughs> oh, so wow. adorable. And these are just cats, right? We're not even talking about dogs with extra toes. Not yet. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. All right. Yeah. Just want to keep up but with the medical ease. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> But, you know, for the most part, um, polydactyly doesn't seem to cause much grief for the kitty either with one sort of caveat. You know, you, you do have to keep an eye on their nails if you have one of these kitties. And not only do they have extra nails to trim, but some of these cats have nails growing in between the toes too. And I can tell you from personal experience, those are hard to get at when you want to trim them. And of course, the other thing you might want to watch for is um, some signs of arthritis as the kitty gets older. Um, mm. The structure of the foot, of course, can potentially affect how the kitty bears weight and how it walks, um, which might lead to more wear and tear in bones and joints over time. I don't think this has really been studied in polydactyly cats. I would just kind of keep an eye out for it, though. And of course, that's not even a for sure outcome. Um, right. But as an aside, you know, some of my favorite names have come from these polydactyly kitties, like Mittens, um, <laughs> Snowshoes, Slugger, I assume a <laughs> reference to Boxing Mitts, and my favorite was Monster Paws. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do wonder about the distribution of the of the weight and the walk and the gait. I, I mean, I guess one could, you know, put up battles and study that kind of avenue of it. But like you, I think that's kind of cool. And long as there's no discomfort and, you know, the cat doesn't know, oh, man, what's wrong with you? How come you only have that many and I got one more? Huh? <laughs> if they cut, if we could hear them talk. Yep, yep, yep. That would be cool. <clears throat> now, so the the on next one of on to dogs. So, like you were saying, extra toes. So, um, dogs have their own version of polydactyly, but it most often affects the back feet, not the front. Um, dogs and cats normally have five toes on each front foot and four on each back foot. Um, and some dogs have extra toes on the back legs. And these are usually on the inside of the leg, just above the foot. And most people call these dew claws, you know. So there are some breeds of dogs, like the Great Pyrenees, for example, um, the presence of dew claws is actually part of the breed standard. So oh. they get docked marks if they don't have them, right? Mm. Um Dew claws are rarely, if ever, low enough to bear any weight on. Um, in some dogs, they're, you know, little more than just kind of like a vestigial nail growing out of the skin. But in others, they actually have fully formed toes with bones in them and toe pads and everything. Um, they don't seem to cause any health concerns for the dogs that have them either. Um, a lot of people, though, will request having them removed, you know, worried that oh. they'll get caught on things more easily. And personally, I think that's kind of funny to me because, you know, nobody ever asks about removing extra toes in cats, but on dogs, it seems to be a big thing. <laughs> Is it because they're going wow. out more? Like, I wonder what that fear comes from. I don't know. 
know. I get a lot of comments about, well, what if it gets caught in a blanket and rips the nail yeah. off, oh. you know? And I guess I could see if if you had a dog who was running through deep snow, you might be worried that the leg would go through the snow and scrape the, right. the extra toe on the inside of the leg. But, um, you know, for just average sort of stuff, you know, um, I get a lot of requests about, should we take those off, you know? <laughs> okay. All right. Well, how about your next item here? This is interesting. The kink. Yes. Kinked tails, you know. So another thing I see a lot are these sort of kinks in tails where you think a tail mm -hmm. should be straight, but then it kind of takes a zig or a zag. Oh, really? <laughs> and of course, yeah. It's a question yeah, mark. Yeah. It's a question mark. That's all. <laughs> well, and, and my my little Eve often has a question mark tail, but just because she her tail isn't abnormal, she just holds it in that shape yeah, a lot yeah. of the time. The top is flopped over. But um, sometimes, well. of course pets are born with a kink tail but it can also happen from some kind of traumatic accident that damages the tail which then doesn't heal straight and of course like the extra toes you know the lack of a perfectly straight tail doesn't usually cause any problems for the pet um though it does lead to some pre pretty creative pet names like lightning or zigzag <laughs> <laughs> so when you feel it you can feel the tailbone kind of uh, bend, I guess. Make a turn, right? Make a turn. Yeah. A permanent turn, though. A permanent turn. A permanent turn, and you know, if it's a fluffy pet with a fluffy tail, like it, it's actually not easy to see it. Right. You right. know, um, unless you have one of those breeds with the um, the really short hair, like Chihuahua or a Boxer. Most Boxers still have dog tails. Hopefully, that will change. But right. um, you know, there are definitely um, dogs with those short little tails that, you know, the short hair on the tail that you can actually see the the, the, the kink. kink in it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about hair and coat. I think this is going to be a, a long one. <laughs> well, you know, there have been tons of breeds of all kinds of pets that have come out of genetic changes that result in unusual hair coats. So, of course, all kinds of different animals have breeds with curly coats. Um, so we have breed dog breeds like poodles and curly coated retrievers, um, the Rex cats. Um, and there's even a breed of horse, horses called the Bashkir curly. Um, mm. I've actually seen a couple of these and they're very unusual looking, you know, um, poodle coats on horses. It's, that, it's kind of unusual. Wow. Strange. That is. Yeah. Yep. And there are also rats, mice and rabbits with curly coats as well. Oh my God. And, yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't believe it's it. A but trend. It's a trend. <laughs> It's a trend. It's a style they, is what it is, right? Look what's in. <laughs> <laughs> well, another quirky coat trait, of course, are the hairless breeds, you know? So we yes. have the right. Chinese crested dog. We have sphinx cats. And, you know, the skinny pigs, which are actually hairless skinny pigs. I don't know who came up with that name, but I laugh every time Pretty I funny, hear it. Yeah. Yep. And, of course, some animals with unusual coats don't seem to have problems with them. Um, though, of course, some breeds like poodles need a lot of grooming to prevent their coats from getting matted and dirty. But other animals aren't so lucky, you know, and they have a higher incidence of skin problems. So in mm -hmm. some cases, these mutations can also predispose the pet to skin issues. So, you know, if you have one of these pets and your pet has skin issues, you know, check with your vet about managing those. 
Um, with hairless pets, of course, you also have to be a lot more mindful of the cold and the burning hot sun. Um, so you often need to cover them up to protect them. You know, I know whenever I'm examining one, I always worry about having those icy cold fingers. You know, my oh. kids call them doctor hands. <laughs> right, <laughs> when I'm yeah. going to examine hairless <laughs> pets. <laughs> Oh, man. Your kids are so considerate, Danielle. They, they're so yeah. used to it. Uh, Danielle, you want to get flat face? We have just about a minute and a half. Okay. So, of course, one of the best-known examples of taking an unusual trait to an extreme are the flat-faced breeds, you know? So in cats, those are breeds like the Persians and Himalayans. And in dogs, you know, we see a bit of a range of severity in how fat or how flat the face is between breeds. So we have the old English bulldogs and pugs, which are kind of on the extreme end, you know, while some of the smaller breeds like the Cavalier, King Charles, Spaniels, and the Shih Tzus, you know, they have a bit of a longer nose compared to a pug by comparison. And of course, things like the boxer are somewhere in between those two. And unlike some of the other quirks we talked about, you know, having the flat face can potentially be detrimental to a pet's quality of life. So yeah. these pets sometimes have a lot of difficulty getting air in and out, especially in hot, humid weather. And that can be stressful, you know. Um, they have a tendency to overheat easily, too. So you have to be mindful of that when you're exercising them or even if they're just laying around in the summertime. And occasionally they even need surgery to kind of open up the nostrils and remove excess tissue at the back of the palate um, to improve airflow and cooling ability if they're really severely affected. And of course, another consideration is, is that the face, as the face flattens, the shape of the nose and the jaws changes, you know, and that creates less room for teeth and that can lead to dental problems. So you might need to be more diligent about brushing the teeth. And um, I can tell you, they have a lot of lips to move out of the way to get at those teeth. So oh. good luck. It's a little harder. Oh, my. Yeah, it, it's interesting because like you said at the beginning, right, it's a spectrum of things that are quirky and kind of cute and then there's the curly trend. Uh, but then there's other things that are more like you have to be warned about health conditions that may arise from these uh, quirks or types of breeds, I guess. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, for sure. For sure. Danielle, thank you. This is very interesting and fun. You're welcome. I All hope right. it was. Yeah, we try. Was, we're going to go find um, uh, how AI describes these horses with poodle hair on them, and we'll be back with that description later. <laughs> Thank you so much. This, this is called okay. Rumya Entertainment, Danielle. I love That's it. Just, just, yeah. How many pets can we t and rodents can we turn curly? All right. Later, Danielle. <laughs> Take care. Dr. Danielle Johnkind joins us on Tuesdays for Ask a Veterinarian with weekly conversations about our four-legged friends. After the break, what is indigestion? How can we treat it? And are we prone to it during the holidays? Most probably, yes. Uh, we're going to talk about it with wellness contributor Francis Wong on Kelly and Ramia. Stick around and learn something new. Kelly and Ramya return with more in a moment. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts. 